0: Hi, everybody, this is Jimmy DeYoung. Thanks for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us. I hold in my hand a five hour, five part series on the Passion and Prophecy. Now, of course, the Passion is referring to the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In this audio series, I explain the connection between the Passion of Christ, the death, burial, and resurrection, and what happened that week and Bible prophecy. In this discussion, as we take a look at the book in the next few moments, we're going to talk about the place of the Passion, where actually in Jerusalem was Jesus Christ crucified. There are several locations that have been suggested, but there's only one according to the Bible that is absolutely correct. Take a moment with us now, and let's Take a look at the book, and we'll be back to tell you how you can get your copy of The Passion and Prophecy.
1: Of the death, burial, and resurrection. And I chose Matthew first, its first book. Go back to Matthew, chapter 27. And I started to study what it had to say about the crucifixion of Christ. The spot where he would crucify, and then, of course, he was buried right next to it, and he resurrected from that spot where he was near where he was crucified. Go down to verse 35. I'll not take you through all of chapter 27. Just look at verse 35. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there. Underline that sitting down, the centurion, listen, and those with him started to watch what was going on. And if you study from verse 35 with the other synoptic gospels all the way to verse 54, you're going to see that there were thirty, at least 35 things these men saw. What did they see? Well, some of the things. They saw Jesus on a cross, that's one. They saw a thief to the right, two. A thief to the left, three. They saw the thieves talking back and forth, four. I, I could just go on and on. They saw the people going by and spitting on them, five. They saw everybody saying, crucify him, crucify him, six. You get the point? They started seeing all these things happen. They saw Jesus Christ say, I thirst. Then they saw the centurion pick up a, a sponge and put it on a spear and put it in the vinegar and put it up to him to drink. They saw all of these things unfolding. They saw the darkness from the, what, 6th hour to the ninth hour, from 12 noon to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. They saw when it got light again. They saw the sign over the cross. They saw all of these things, 35 different things they saw. With me? Keep reading. Listen here. Oh, by the way, verse 50. Let's just pick up some of it. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. One of the things they saw. Look at here, verse 51. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twine from the top to the bottom, and the earth did shake and the rocks rent. I'm going to skip verses 52 and 53 because they saw him come up out of the graves, but that happened after his resurrection. Now look at verse 54. And when the centurion... Who's the centurion? Back in verse 36, he and the people standing there watching. And when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake and those things that were done, those things that were done, what things? The 35 things that I'm telling you are there. And I alluded to some of them. When he saw those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying... Truly, this was the Son of God. The book of Luke, chapter 23, 45 and 46, more explicitly lays it out. 47, the centurion standing at the foot of the cross looks up. It wasn't somebody dying on a cross because two thieves died on a cross. It wasn't somebody yelling out because those two thieves yelled out. That's not what turned him around. Something happened Miraculously. It caused him, as he stood at the foot of the cross holding that spear, which he had just pulled out of the body of Christ, having shoved it into his body, and the blood water gushed from his side. As that centurion stood, the blood dripping off that spearhead, he looked up and he said, Truly, that was the Son of God. What was it that, that caused him this? What event could have caused him, after all the things he'd seen, what one thing? He saw the veil of the temple rent from top to bottom. That veil of the temple was five stories high. It was that thick. How do I know it's five stories high? Because the holy place was five stories high. And the holy of holies was five stories high. I've studied the book. I know about the temple. And the door... Of the temple was open. You want to know why? It was one of the three pilgrim feasts. You know what the pilgrim feasts are? They have seven feasts, but three of them, Deuteronomy 16 says every male Jew must go to Jerusalem. You know what they are? Passover, Pentecost, Tabernacles. This was Passover. And so the doors to the holy place were open. Why? So these pilgrims could see into the temple. there's only one place you can stand. Looking across the Kidron Valley. Looking through that five-story high door at that five-story high veil and see it rip from top to bottom. You can't stand over here at the Holy Sepulcher. That's to the west and If you stood here, you'd look at the back wall of the temple. You can't stand over here to the north at Gordon's Calvary, the garden tomb, Because you'd look at the northern wall of the temple. Only one place you can stand. Out here on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives. And look across the Kidron Valley and see that five-story-high door open. And behind it, that five-story-high veil. The centurion saw it rent from top to bottom. And when he saw it, he said, truly, this was the Son of God. The person is important, but the place where he saw it is just as important. Why? Jesus fulfilled all the types looking forward to him. Why did those priests, Acts 6, 7, turn to Jesus? He went to an altar. Outside the gate, where the red heifer, I'll talk to you tomorrow about it, the red heifer was slaughtered. I'll develop that more. And they saw that veil of the temple rent, and they realized every single type in the Old Testament, which they knew so well, were fulfilled in one man. Jesus Christ. Not only did he fulfill every type, he fulfilled all the requirements of the scripture. Have you ever wondered about Hebrews 13, 10? We have an altar without the camp. No man can eat of. Wherefore, Jesus also went to the altar. He fulfilled it all. Oh, by the way, who did he die for on Passover? Well, he died for all of us, but who in particular was he fulfilling a promise to? The Jewish people. You want to know what the Jews call the Mount of Olives? Har Mashiach. You know what I just said? The Mount of the Messiah. And now you know the rest of the story, as my buddy Paul Harvey says. You see, folks, the person is important. It was Jesus Christ. He fulfilled all 360 prophecies to confirm the claim that he was Messiah. The place of his birth that had to be in Bethlehem. The place of his return has to be to the Mount of Olives. The place of his reign must be on the Temple Mount in the city of Jerusalem. The place of his passion has to be in line with the scriptures on the Mount of Olives. But it's only emphasizing the importance of the Mount of Olives which we'll continue to discuss. And as we go through the sessions, we're going to see why the red heifer is so significant, why the Jews stand at the Wailing Wall today, and why the Mount of Olives is preeminent in geographical locations as all of this relates to prophecy. Prophecy i I had to talk to you about the, the time of the Passion first and the place of the Passion second as we set the stage for the unfolding of what is going on even as we speak. Father, thank you for the Word of God. We've taken some moments and we have just simply gone into the book. We've endeavored to take the Word, look at its detailed information, and try to determine what you want us to know. The passion, his death, burial, and resurrection, essential for Christianity. We have no hope, 1 Corinthians 15 says, if he did not resurrect. And of course, he didn't resurrect until he was crucified. Now, the time of that crucifixion and resurrection had to fulfill the prophecy he gave to the Jewish people. And the place of that passion, so significant in prophecy, had to fulfill all the types and every verse of Scripture. The excitement of the fact that the Jewish people today refer to the Mount of Olives where he was crucified as hard. Mashiach the mount of Messiah Lord has great end time significance as we continue our study and this unfolds we look with excitement and anticipation to the fulfillment of all your prophetic truth just as you have in the past We know you will in the future fulfill in absolute detail everything you've told us. That gives us assurance. It gives us comfort. It gives us determination. It gives us anticipation. Thank you for the word. Keep us in the word to understand what you want us to know, especially in the days in which we live. As we await your return. In thy precious name we pray with
0: thanksgiving. Amen. Indeed, the location of the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ is essential to understanding how the Passion worked to fulfill Bible prophecies from the ancient Jewish prophets. You've been listening to a section of an audio series, five hours, five different parts of it, entitled The Passion and Prophecy. It's a study that you need to have. We talk about the period of the Passion, the place of the Passion, the red heifer. How does the red heifer play into this significant End Time series, and the Song of Songs, that's the Song of Solomon, plus the Mount of Olives, a location essential for the return of Jesus Christ. All of this available on this series, The Passion and Prophecy. You can call our toll-free number if you'd like to get your copy of it. It's 877-674-3298. Once again, that number, 877-674-3298. It's toll-free for from across America. Call right now to order your copy of The Passion and Prophecy. Or you can go to our website, www.prophecytoday.com, and make your order that way. Whichever way you decide to get your copy of The Passion and Prophecy, you need to have it so you can study it very, very soon. Thank you so very much for taking a few moments with us to take a look at the book. I'm sure that as you study with us this very important subject, you're going to realize how soon the return of Jesus Christ actually really is. In fact, the rapture, which is the first step in the second coming of Christ, could actually take place at any moment. And having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...